It's episode 140 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guests are James Carmichael and Anthony Barnish. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very well. Very well, yes. Considering the hour. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, tell me, give me more context as to what, that, what you're uh, talking about. Where so are we? We're at the uh, British Improv Project Spring uh, 2019. It's actually our first uh, time here, and it's nine o'clock pretty much on a Sunday morning. Um, I actually had quite a nice uh, sleep, so I'm doing okay. I'm not sure about everyone else. But. <laughs> it's been a, a tiring experience, yeah. <laughs> but good fun. Yeah. That's right, James. Yeah. Tell me more about your BIP experience so far so people get to know that you're James. Yes, well, yes, I am James. Hello. Um, I have, it's the first time I've been here as well, and it's been a, a massive roller coaster of meeting new people and just meeting new techniques as well. Because yeah, yeah. obviously, I think what, one thing we've said is we've, in the Manchester scene, uh, it's quite small and we've, we've kept within ourselves. And this is the first time that we've kind of branched out and found alternative ways of thinking yeah. I think so it, this is an important step we've got our basics and now we're starting to send out the shoots of, of discovery yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah meeting new people it's been really nice yeah yeah um, no, I've, this is my third one and yeah it's really I find it really useful yeah for learning new ideas new techniques and also just for meeting people from around the country and finding out what's going on outside the London bubble that I'm in yeah yeah so um so let's talk about your part of a theatre company. That's right, yeah. Called Impro Quo. Yep. And you're based in Manchester. Yep, that's right. Tell me all about that. Uh, well, Impro Quo was formed by, um, I think there was a, initially about three or four or five of us. It came out of the fact that there wasn't really a huge improv scene in Manchester at all. So we all kind of fell out of workshops, all coming out of workshops and thinking, great, okay, what do we do now? Oh, there isn't actually anything else for us to do now other than go back in and do the kind of same workshops over and over again. So we kind of created a space or like a, a, an event every week where we can kind of uh, just muck around and kind of play. Just um, set up as a meetup group, wasn't it? It was, first? yeah. It was just something, it was like, okay, well, we want to do this. We want to do more improv. Is there anyone else out there in Manchester who wants to do more improv? So it was kind of put on meetup and a few other places. Uh, so we started to uh, have a, a jam every week. And then from that, we realised, oh, you know, there's a group of us here and we're coming every week and we really enjoy kind of playing with each other and we uh, really enjoy kind of working together. We work together very well. So, okay, let's form a troupe. Brilliant. Um, yeah, that's improv pro. Uh, okay, I'd like to explore the troupe, but just, you mentioned the jam. Mm-hmm. How did you run the jam at the beginning and how has it, has it, has it evolved? Just, yeah, can you talk me through your jam process? It has involved because the first jam, I think, I think that's about three years ago now, it, there was four of us there. <laughs> more stage time yeah exactly it was quite it's like oh no we haven't got an audience because all of us are in this scene so then, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> just suggesting things for yourselves yes whatever you fancy doing really yeah. yeah so that was really exciting 
Uh, we knew we were onto something when the next week there were six of us there. So I was like, oh, okay, that's plus two. <laughs> uh, it took a while to kind of settle down because um, Manchester's actually quite good for finding kind of spaces and stuff, but we were still trying to find somewhere where we could actually be kind of quite regular. So, yeah, it's been going for about three years, um, and it is every week. I don't think we've missed a week apart from maybe, like, Christmas. Yeah. Oh, and then there's periods when Manchester United in the Champions League and the <laughs> pub actually want people to there to watch football and not improvisers. But Having said that, it, the improv is now winning against the football. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, he gets more people for the improv than, than he does. the football, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he's, he allows us to have that room because it's off in the side room in the Salford Arms in, in Salford so it's it's an, a nice space to go to yeah um, and just it's big enough for well we have 30 odd people at the last one uh, yeah I kind of stopped counting because it, <laughs> it just gets so big sometimes and you think you kind of get to 20 and like you give up <laughs> if it's over 20 we've arrived yeah, yeah. yeah I think I can credit the jam kind of for the definitely the kind of my experience now because uh, at the time there wasn't many of us so it's like oh well maybe I should step up and kind of try and lead a couple of sessions um, I didn't really enjoy that at all I hated that at the time um, but it just kind of gave me more confidence to be able to actually kind of formalize ideas and take ideas and change them and, and, and kind of uh, put them to you know a fresh group of people and it's it's been able to kind of formalize in my head what my improv philosophy is and what I like to do and so that's, that's been a, a good thing about the jam, not just kind of creating a community, mm-hmm. but also yeah, building confidence in myself as well. But yeah, so yeah. That's, that's been really fun. So uh, it's at the Salford Arms. Yep. What night is it? That's every Thursday. Every it Thursday, is. what time? Uh, 7.30 to 9.30. 7:30. Although it usually, you know, people oh, meet yeah, earlier yeah. and to stay later, but yeah, the, that's the work period. Yeah, yeah, it is nice. Um, at 9.30, obviously, that's when the games finish, but obviously, you know, they'll be socialising and, and what have you. That sounds brilliant. Next. And if someone were to come along, mm-hmm. what, what, what's the format of the jam? Um, it's quite different to other jams, because if I say jam, I think a lot of people, especially in like London, will have a completely different idea of what a jam is. Because Manchester is quite of a, a, a bubble, we just kind of knew a word jam and we didn't know what really a jam was. So yeah. I think it, it's more of a maybe like a, a drop-in, but it's not very... We won't teach you huge amounts. It's just a kind of space for people to try games, get up, try games. Um, any level of experience level, as well. Yeah. If you've never done improv, you come along, you can join in. And yeah. crucially, it's free. Yes. that is. The, wow. <laughs> I think that's what uh, is a good thing, is that it, it, it's been kept free all these years and it's allowed a lot of people to... Just, just try it out if they want to try improv. It, it is a great chance just to get up there immediately. You've got, you know, you've got stage time. So we'll warm up. We'll kind of spend 20, 30 minutes warming up, doing some fun kind of warm up games, uh, and then we'll just go into uh, games. It is mainly kind of short form games that we do. I do now and again like to sneak in some maybe long form at the end. If I'm running a jam, you will probably do some long form at the end. But I like to do kind of formats where it's. You don't realise you're doing kind of no. long form, basically. Like I'm a fan of the La Ronde. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a long form format, but you can run through it really quickly in like ten minutes, and it feels like it's a short form game almost. So. And if you've got a lot of people, just form a circle, do meanwhile elsewhere, and then you just let it keep going. 
and yeah. that's essentially long form because you can keep going back to old ideas that have come along as well. So yes, yeah. So you say meanwhile elsewhere. What? Uh, so you're just playing out a scene, and then from a word that's said in that, meanwhile at the chip shop, and then two people come in and do the chip shop scene, and then elsewhere at the factory of the fish shop, and you just keep playing that, and then the ideas just keep going with meanwhile elsewhere and you just whoever sees an opportunity to come in with a new scene just says right scene comes in and they start a new scene based off something that's happened in the previous one yeah I mean I've never heard it called that but that's a really nice way of framing it <laughs> that makes yeah that makes yeah it makes long form seem like short form and that's that's a lovely thing if you can do that because it's like oh I'm doing long form but I've got the structure and the support of short form, even though it's you know, minimal structure, it's just like it's a kind of a way into it. That's really good. And because you put it in a circle, I think anyone who doesn't feel confident to perform can still feel part of that performing circle and watch and wait until they're at a, a place where they feel comfortable to step forward. So it's, it takes the pressure off, it's a safe space for people to just come and again experiment and see where they and how they develop. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, there's a kind of, I do like those kind of circle games. I think because of the numbers as well, that's what we kind of do quite a lot, where um, you, there is a nice energy. And because everyone stood up, because um, sometimes a jam will play games, but everyone sat back. And then once they sat down, they might not actually kind of ever reach their feet again. So if we get everyone stood up, everyone's on stage, you know, so anyone can kind of jump in and, and, and join in. That sounds great. So, uh, Impro Quo grew out of the jam? It did, yeah, that, the jam came first, um, yeah. and then from that, okay, we formed a, a, a troupe, uh, and then um, we kind of started uh, meeting quite regularly. We didn't have an idea for a show. I think a couple of people, they were really wanting to kind of teach. Um, so. I think we spent six months practicing on kind of nothing, really. <laughs> we didn't really know if we were going to do a show, what the show was going to be. We had ideas. Um, I think eventually somebody got really bored of us just practicing and was like, okay, we're gonna, we've just booked a venue and we've got a show and we have to do something now. Um, so, yeah, I think the first show we did was about three years ago. Um, I think we just did some... We just picked some games we liked and then I think we did... Our version of a Harold at the, at the end. I say our version. Because having seen versions of Harold's yes. elsewhere and gone, oh, it wasn't really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we kind of had, we've, had, we've kind of had to teach ourselves a little bit. Okay, we do have kind of more experienced teachers uh, who kind of at the beginning of Improcro and, and, and still do. Um, but... We are, as I say, we are in a little bit of a bubble. We kind of, because we fell out of workshops and we kind of had to organise ourselves, it meant that we had to teach ourselves as well. So the styles that we've developed, um, especially with the kind of shows that we've kind of got running, they are kind of, uh, they've just been born out of us experimenting really and playing, playing um, what we like. So they're not kind of fixed formats that you would see in other cities maybe, like our Harold maybe didn't look like a Harold, you know, <laughs> in London or a Harold in, in, in the US, really. But I think that's really interesting, especially when you have got groups um, who've maybe learned how to do Harold from a book or something mm -hmm. like that, that this, this story comes up again and again and again in different places. Yeah. And I just think it's really interesting how, you know, when you read a book, 
it's, it's how you translate it and it might not be how other people translate it mm-hmm. but I kind of like I like that diversity like you know it doesn't have to be exactly the same everywhere you know how, how very boring if we all do it the same way yeah it's very exciting um, the fact that we can kind of do what we find interesting kind of personally uh, if we were in a, another city where there was lots of improv happening already we would have had to kind of go through a route of okay well you join a team but you're on a kind of lower level or whatever and then you have to be with that team for two and three years and get experience that way I mean sometimes I might moan that oh well, there's not huge amounts of improv in Manchester compared to other cities but on the flip side it is really nice because we're kind of in control a lot more than, than other people will be. And I think sometimes that's probably just a feeling that you get, because actually when you look around, there are a few other improv troops as well, and you're going, oh, actually, there is this, there is that. Yeah, I think uh, over the past couple of years... It, it has grown up, It has up, grown up. Uh, there is a, a, a despionage as well. Despionage as well, uh, yeah. There's a show called Murder, Inc. Um, but that's over the past couple of years, so I think it, it, it's, it's come to a point now where we are looking around and going... Oh, yeah, wow, okay. I'm quite very you know, proud of kind of the improv scene now in Manchester, and it's been nice being with that kind of, you know, quite a lot of the way. Still got a long way to go, I think. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We've got kind of quite ambitious now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going to take over the world. <laughs> what are your ambitions? Well, 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 yeah. I, well there, <laughs> all right, well, this is where you. we start off. So, uh, this was a couple of years ago. Um, me and one of the other people from Improco had gone up to Edinburgh and we came back and said, we can do this. Because we'd seen improv shows and we thought, well, surely we're at the same standard. And we, we, we had our group and we thought to ourselves, it's probably not big enough perhaps to do a run through um, Edinburgh, but what if we approach people in the jam and step them up a bit? and brought them into the group and, and try and grow it that way. And then obviously if you're doing improv and you've got your set games you can almost run it on a shift basis and you can say well you can do three days four days whatever you can give and we can do a run out of that so we did that last year for the first time got a week run one week uh, we got i think we applied for two but we got one week yes i'm sorry i didn't didn't actually see the show i very much enjoyed your publicity <laughs> yeah i heard that you enjoyed our flyering uh, flyering technique was second to none but... well because they're being disingenuous this dear listener it wasn't really a flyering technique and i actually like that because i got given lots of flyers yeah. um but do you just want to i just i just really again it, it evolved i think everything we've got is just an emergent strategy where we just kind of see what pops up out of it which is very much how improv works and i think we all started off uh, where our venue was, it was on a, a crossroads, and so we just ended up starting going, do you want to go and cross that side and fly our people on that side? So we, we were on the different side, and then we just started shouting across the street at each other's things like, oh, what's this show? What's this show? These people look very attractive. You should go and see this. What's it called? And they're just basically reading out the flyer and saying, you should take one. And, and I, th- I don't know, I think we stopped traffic. It was probably dangerous. <laughs> But I thought, oh, this is lovely because, you know, yeah, I mean, I understand flyering is a dispiriting experience. We treated it as a warm-up. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, what, show, what, what, was, what show was that that you were doing in Edinburgh? That was the Improv On Demand show. So that's, right. I think at the time it was called Improv Quo On Demand. But again, we're trying to broaden it a bit now and have, so that's Improv Quo is the theatre company and under that have casts of Improv Quo. So one of those is Improv On Demand. The idea is it's short form games, but all with a TV oh, theme right. format. Um, so you'll know the game Mannequins or Puppets. That's Thunderbirds. Right. So you know the game interrogation. That's the bill. Right. So we, but then at the same time, as well as just using those short form established games, we are then trying to bring in TV tropes to build that up. The the, the sound effects, maybe music, to make it feel like um, a TV production or an evening of television. All yeah. improvised, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So what was the what was the inspiration? Why why did that form? I genuinely you? can't remember oh, really? how we came up with that idea. We got together and said <laughs> we want to we want to go to Edinburgh, do a show. We know these games from what we've done in the jam. I mean, as we started playing with it, I think somehow someone just said this feels like this a TV show. It's a TV show. It's blind date. It's whatever. Why don't we do it like this? And then everything became geared to right. Well, how do we make it a TV? Interesting. An evening of TV. Yeah. Yeah, because I would love to credit the person that actually came up with that. I don't know who it is. But I don't know who it is because we were we met actually fairly early. Like considering, okay, Edinburgh is next August. I think we started deciding, okay, we're going to Edinburgh in like December. So we had quite a long run up. And I think I might have missed a couple of rehearsals. The next minute, you know, okay, we're doing a TV show. Okay, brilliant, great. I have no idea whose idea that is, but yeah, we're just, that's what we're doing now. But that, that was why coming to a, uh, at least not missing too many rehearsals was important because we were changing what we were doing so quickly and, and how you played it. I mean, we're still changing how we do question time. Yeah. <laughs> we, and we've, we've, we've done it as a run, so we're still messing about with that yeah. game. Oh, well, tell me about that. Uh, well, it's deciding how much is it like because it's panel of experts, obviously. Um, okay, what panel of experts? Okay, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, panel of experts is uh, you would normally get about four people up. Um, they all normally in a game of panel of experts, they will decide their own character. You will have a host um, who will allow each uh, person on the panel to introduce themselves, kind of give a brief description of who they are, maybe what they're an expert in. Uh, and then you will take questions from the audience who will kind of interrogate the panel. Um, on a very specific topic. Yes, it normally is a very specific kind of topic that you're, you're asking for the audience to give questions on. And on the flip side, yeah. question time is run where the questions can be very varied on what's happening that day in the news or that week in the news. And uh, Fiona Bruce is introducing the panel. They don't introduce themselves and, they already, and she will tell the audience and the viewers a bit about each of the panel. So there's that disconnect there, but we're trying to bring those games together. And I suppose we're moving along a sort of spectrum of how you introduce it as question time versus how you introduce it as panel of experts and trying to find a middle ground. We haven't quite decided on it. And I think different members of the group like to do it different ways. And we're leaning towards a way where actually on the night, whoever's performing that program, as we like to call it rather than game, will decide how they want to play it. So you might actually see Question Time, if you came and saw the show one day, you'd see a different version of Question Time, depending on how the players in the scene want to play it. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's where we're reaching with that one. Yeah, I think what we've started to do as well, uh, we got a couple of games in there, uh, the last uh, run, which was, okay, well, we've got our established short-form games and we've put this TV uh, theme on them. 
uh, so they're now TV shows, but we wanted to do some TV shows where we couldn't quite fit a game into it. So I'm thinking we've got a game which is based around Gogglebox, yeah. which um, isn't really based on any kind of short-form game that exists. Okay, it is a little bit uh, story, story, die or story time with a, a conductor at the front because... Um, but there's no, there's, there's no other kind of, oh, you need to keep a cohesive kind of story like you do with that game. Basically, we have uh, two, you see two sitting rooms, two living rooms, uh, two couples. The audience will give each couple a relationship. So, you know, how do these people know each other and why are they sat down watching TV together? And then we'll also get from the audience, um, well, we try to get, I think we try to get an imaginary... TV show, but you sometimes you will just get a real TV show shouted, which is fine. So we'll take two and we'll mash them up. So the last one was Gogglebox. Someone shouted Gogglebox. <laughs> <watching Gogglebox. laughs> and because that's a real show, we needed another one. So it was Gogglebox on ice. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've got our two couples in their relationships and they're watching Gogglebox on ice or what have you. And, and you're kind of seeing this relationship develop whilst they're watching TV like you all watch on Gogglebox. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the conductor, the host, will kind of point at each couple so we can kind of flip between. Oh, that's really nice. And you will slowly, hopefully as well, see or hear whatever is developing on TV as well right. at the same time as kind of developing relationships. So it's not really a... It's kind of a game that we've just developed ourselves, really, because we wanted to do a Gogglebox game. It's like, OK, we want to do a Gogglebox game. How do we make that work? Yeah. yeah. What kind of techniques and, and what kind of ideas can we, can we kind of uh, put together to create a game that, you know, that is going to suit what we want to do? So hopefully, as the show goes on, we'll get more of those games. We'll kind of develop, start developing more of our own games. Um, and, yes, because we want to do the TV shows, but we don't have anything that kind of fits in with I that. I think we've done that with the longer style games because we've got a version of The Apprentice which we have so you have a team of uh, and again this might get workshopped into something else but at the moment we've got three people on a team an Alan Sugar character an aide and then they get a task off the audience and they've obviously got to go and do this silly task and we sort of play it just scene by scene They're, they'll do something then they'll go off Alan Sugar comes on talks to the aide and sort of says how are they doing? And it's usually a bad news story and then he'll go off and eventually you end up in the boardroom and one of them's hired and the other's fired for whatever reason. Although it has gone weird in some places where... Well, there was one where we ended up in a time machine and we just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, one, yeah, there was one where Alan Sugar fired himself. <laughs> or his aide fired Alan Sugar. That, yeah, that was it. Alan Sugar has been shot as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we never quite make it to the boardroom sometimes. <laughs> So what happened, uh, I spot the Doctor Who fan in the room, but what happened with the time machine? I think, what, well, we kept, I can't remember what the, why the reason was, but we had to go back to Elizabethan times <laughs> and we kept going back. And then when we got back to the future, the world had totally changed and there was a war going on. So we then just had to go back to the past just to escape the war. And that's where it finished and Alan Sugar just ran off. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the fact that you started with The Apprentice and then you ended up with this. That's, a, that's so lovely. I mean, that's improv, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's that sounds brilliant. So there's also two other shows under the Impro Quo banner. You also have Absolute Onions. Yeah, that's more of our long-form show. So uh, there's just uh, five of us. So it's a nice little team. Yeah, I think this was born out of the idea of 
when we went up to Edinburgh, we spent such a long period of time together practicing and performing day after day after day, we realized what good improv really comes when it gets really, really good is when the people just know each other. And so five of us who wanted to do a long form style uh, form of improv kind of got together and we said, well, if we just keep it as us five and really try and focus on what we're doing, we should be able to produce something that is very, very good and, and get it to that long form 45 minutes is our target. If we go over, that's fine. <laughs> and maybe in the future, trying to develop it so that it's a, a two-act play of two halves of 45 minutes, and that's where we're, we're heading. Um, yeah, so. our show... Um, so we have... Uh, well, we're actually two shows a month now, aren't we? This is our... Yeah, that's yeah. what we're averaging. Um, so... Uh, so what you will see if you at the moment if you come to an absolute onion show um, the beginning we'll ask the audience for their favourite uh, karaoke tune uh, they'll write that down on a slip of paper uh, we load that up into a Spotify playlist hit shuffle a number of times we we like to demonstrate to the audience that yeah we haven't just picked our favourite song <laughs> um, as demonstrated in the last That's show <laughs> where the suggestion that came out was Come to Daddy by Aphex Twin if you're aware of that song if you're not go and look it up yeah. <laughs> it's not comfortable listening <laughs> Um, and yeah, so the, uh, 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 the song will pop up. Uh, hopefully, the audience will know it, and we'll know it, and we'll sing it. Well, kind of karaoke style, anyway. Um, and um, and then we'll you'll see a forty-five minute narrative, uh, long form, based on kind of the themes and ideas that you, we got from that song. Oh wow, that's brilliant! Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So, how would you? How would you? You've, you've sung. Done the karaoke, how would you open that? Do you have a sort of format you follow? We or? do, sort of, and we found out what it's called this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, what is that thing? Surely what we do, there must be a name for the format. And then we discovered that, yes, because uh, Jen Kenny was running a uh, Slacker workshop, and we're like, oh, I think this is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's so important to come to BIP yeah. and find out what it is that we're doing. doing yeah, what are we doing again? Oh, yeah. As I said, because we're in such a bubble, we've taught ourselves, we've just kind of... I think I've spoken to other improvisers in other cities, um, friends, and our kind of way of doing improv, we've actually made it really, really hard for ourselves a little bit because we've jumped straight from, okay, we do a short-form show, we want to do a long-form show. Oh, why don't we just do a 45-minute long story? <laughs> it's like the hardest thing you can do, but... It's just what we wanted to do, so we made it work. Um, yeah, a lot of people will jump from short form into Harold's or kind of other kind of forms of long form, but we've just gone straight from short form into, okay, well, yeah, we're going to do a 45 minute narrative. So we've realised it, it does. They're learning very much to slow everything down and, yeah. and so that you're building up slowly and, and get into it. Although I'm still learning how to do that. I heighten too quickly, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to rein me in. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's that that learning curve of how you turn from short form where you perhaps look in immediately for the arguments. And I think things that we've learned here about how to come on uh, in agreement. You were in the course with us, in I fact. Was. Yeah, and it yes. was a good course. That was very TJ yes. and Dave style. Yes, John Trevor, uh, effortless scenes. Yes. Yes. Turns out I was rubbish at it, <laughs> and I'm always whenever I, I'm always like. 
I, whenever I'm teaching, I'm always like, you know, accentuate the positive. There's enough argument in the world. Let's not have argument scenes. Let's see two people who delight each other. And I've still got lessons to learn. It's, well, I think it's just too tempting to go in and find the argument because you're thinking that's where the humour is. Yeah. But actually, the emotional connection which generates some of that humour later on, it's important to establish that. And you establish that by building a relationship. It, I think if you go in to watch anything that's farcical and the characters start at 100 miles an hour, they've gone in too quick and you've got two hours of that to watch maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's too much for an audience. You do need a slow start and yeah. to build. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's, it comes down to confidence. It's having the confidence to say, I'm not going to make you laugh with the first thing I say yeah. or do. Yeah. You're going to have to wait a minute yeah. while we establish something yeah. and be patient. And there will be little funnies along the way, but we'll get somewhere. Trust yeah. us. And you've got to trust yourself before you can get other people to trust you. Yes, yes, definitely. So do you find remembering stuff? I don't know, I'm just interested in like, if you're doing a long 45, 45 minute story, do you, do you, how do you remember stuff? Is that something that comes naturally? Or is that a thing that you've encountered? It's not something that comes naturally. Uh, it's I, I totally rely on Marie for that. <laughs> <laughs> she remembers everything about the song that's gone before. And I was like, oh yeah, we're doing Wanna Be My Spice Girls, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is about friendship. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's something we, we're working on. But there is a thing in improv that if you forget someone's name or you get it wrong, it's just that's kind of part of the, the fun of it and that's yeah. part of the humour and a lot of the kind of, some of, you know, the jokes are kind of, sometimes they did come from that. So, yeah, we, we, you know, we are we're trying to work on, on that but yeah. sometimes if it, ha if it happens, it happens and it's improv and you're incorporating mistakes and, yes. and it's, uh, yeah, we've, we've had fun with that. I'm not, we're not terrible at that. I mean, you know, we, we, yeah. we, we, can, we can tell a 45 minute story, you know, yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah. it, things happen, don't they? And, yeah. And also the audience, they like to be reminded that it's improvised. Uh, the showstoppers talk about smug prof. No one wants to see smug prof where everything is done absolutely perfectly. Yeah. You know, the audience, they want you to get to the other side of the tightrope. Uh, the other end of the tightrope, but they also want to see you wobble as you make your way along the tightrope. That's the proof that we have made it up and it's not scripted and we were <laughs> that's, that's how we fall back on the air. It is, yeah. We have yeah. improvised all of this, actually. Yeah. And that's why he's changed gender halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another group uh, called Dead Pan Pizza, which I have to say I laughed when you told me the name <laughs> yeah. of, which is unusual because normally... I don't understand puns, and I just think people have said something a bit weird. Hang on a second, the audience are laughing. That must have been a pun that I didn't pick up on. Tell me about their pan pizza. So again, they uh, went through the improv, uh, the improv quo um, beginners course. Uh, they came to the Edinburgh show, the improv on demand, and then out of that, they have started to form their own group, and it's. They've done a couple of shows with us. Um, in Manchester, yeah. We had, well, initially we had a, a monthly show, so we'd have a, more of an, like an open kind of second half, okay, here's our bit. And so quite often they will kind of be on the same bill with us. And they, they're obviously aiming at witty, quick, very fast, short form, uh, <laughs> dropping puns in so you'd be totally lost. But it's still good fun. <laughs> uh, they, do, they do other things as well. They, they have a good signature game, which is the, uh, the excuses. Um, 
Why are you late for work yeah. game? I don't know if you um, know that. Yeah. So explain it for the listeners. Uh, so uh, a, a person is late for work, but they don't know why. So they because they have to leave the room. It's a guessing game, um, and so uh, there are normally a boss then on stage and two co-workers who are behind the boss, miming to the person who is late for work, why they are late for work, and the boss is giving puns and clues. So uh, Normally you would get um, a reason, well, I think it's three reasons why they're late. I think something happened last night, something happened on the way to work, and maybe a mode of transport that they got. That was faulty, yeah, yeah. Some, some mode of form, form yeah. transport that's gone wrong. Yeah, and it's always, it, they do it so well. Uh, it's, yeah, it's my favourite game I've seen them play. I think they're just so good. It's, it's a moment where the boss is kind of talking to the person who's late for work, but you've got two kind of people like mugging and miming and whatever behind them. It's just that moment when they kind of, the boss turns around and catches them. <laughs> and the excuses that they can just come up with to kind of justify why they are standing on each other's heads or, yeah, I don't oh, know, you know. Yeah. It's so funny, yeah. Actually, that's really interesting because I've sort of had the, the moment of the boss turning around and sort of, you know, or what's going on behind me. Yeah get back to work. But I hadn't actually connected with it, like justifying why you're in that position. Yeah. That's a really nice refinement that I've not it, heard before. Yeah, it's it's because it's a guessing game where everyone gets to do something different and, and, and the humour comes from absolutely everyone, you know. And that's why I really enjoy watching it. Yeah. Cool, that sounds fantastic. So if someone were to step on stage of you, what could they do to delight you? Um, for me, I think it's getting into a game. As soon as I get into a game with someone, that I, I, I kind of like then playing that game. So it's, it's being on the same page with them. And when we, get, maybe if they step onto the stage and get on, into a game immediately, is a little bit of a, an expectation. So it's, it's later on in the, that's, that stage, to be honest. But getting into a game and getting on the same page and realizing what that game is, and you realize, yeah, we're connecting now and the audience are getting the game, and how long can we stretch this out and where can we take it? That's when I really start to enjoy myself, I think. Cool, is there a particular game, sort of game you like? No, it can be anything. It can be anything, really. It's just, uh, are, we, are we repeating something? Are we winding one another up? Are we getting each other's names wrong? Are we extending each other's names? Something's happened that then just allows that to play. It's gotta be, yeah, there's nothing particular a, a, not a game that I'm aiming for and I think if I was aiming for a game that would that would annoy me more it's got to be something that I'm not expecting and it's the it's not the game itself it's the finding the game at the same time yeah. that is the joy fantastic Anthony it's something a little bit different for me it's something that's normally happened in a couple of shows it happened in a show that we were in together uh, what happens is sometimes there'll be two males on stage and you're quite clearly in a relationship, but then the third, a third person will assume then that you're, you're the wife or something like that. So it's really nice when you're in a kind of a scene with two males and you're in a relationship and they don't, they don't kind of make you a, a, a female character. You can actually be two males who are in a relationship on stage and it's not an issue and it's not the, even the story. Yeah. It's just we're going to carry on and, and it just makes it so much easier then for me to play. Because I can think, well, I'm not trying to pretend to do all these other things. I'm actually being me on stage and I can actually focus on other things in the scene. So we were in a show where that happened. Where we were just, it was kind of a matter of fact where... Uh, yeah, it never yeah. even came up that one of us was... Well, it would have been you as playing a female if it had been, because I'd already been established as a son. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, that scene just played out and we were a gay couple. Fine. And it wasn't the story, it wasn't the issue. Yeah. It, it, the, the story was about my character's 
failings and everything, I think. Yeah. Um, so it was just nice to then, oh, right, okay, wow, okay, you've made... It's, it's not that I don't enjoy that, but it's just so much easier for me to actually play who I am a little bit more and be able to then do other stories and it not being an issue and it not being part of the story. Yeah, yeah. it's just really not nice to just give me the freedom to do other things, you know, and, and not have to worry about, you know, what else my character is doing. Sounds fantastic. So big final question. What's your signature move? What's the thing that you do that saves the day, brings down the house, that gets everyone saying, classic James, classic Anthony? I don't know if I feel like I could answer that for you, actually. I feel, I feel like in the last show that we did, <laughs> uh, uh, there was a, uh, I think, a, a, some sort of machine that you caught your arm in, and then you'd slowly, over about the course of 10 minutes, started to bleed to death very slowly <laughs> at the side of the stage. Me and uh, Jenna trying to have quite a serious scene, and everyone was just absolutely uh, killing themselves laughing at just you dying slowly in the corner. <laughs> and that's a very new thing to do, I think. Because it's just like, oh, I'm having fun now, and I'm going to just, you know, I'm just going to really milk this. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were actually, you just carried on the conversation, yeah. which I quite like. Yeah. Uh, and you'd not noticed no. that there was a man dying. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because it was kind of very much like, oh, the, the focus had been taken away from you a little, but you, you, you had an arm missing, so you had to still acknowledge that. And the way you did that was kind of slowly sliding down the wall for 10 minutes, basically. <laughs> so that's the, I think that's a very... Yeah, you, I'd like yeah, to find out what your signature move is. Yeah. I think your signature move is crucial plot twist development. Oh. Now, I... But keep, so it keeps keeps the story moving and keeps it on track. Yeah. Um, which is important for us because I think if I was left to my own devices, I'd just keep us in one place. Uh, I would have died. I would have resurrected myself as a zombie and died again. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you then progress the story uh, where you were like, oh well, if we've had two deaths, I'd best take a look at your machine. Then it's obviously <laughs> killing people. Let's see if I can fix it. So he was like, right, well. Okay, let's not panic that two of our performers have died. <laughs> yeah. But where, where would we naturally go with this? Well, yeah. there's clearly a problem. Let's solve it. The, yeah. the problem is the machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for being guests on the Improv London podcast. Thank you for having Thank us. You. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 I made this. That's improv! <laughs> That's improv.